Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, guys? Week three already in the books as the Monday night games come to a close. Uh, tonight, I can proudly say that my win-loss record is greatly improved uh, this week after going 7-9 week one, 9-7 in week two. I'm 11-5 uh, this week. The uh, The bitch of it all, though, is that um, three of those losses were my 16, 13, and 14-point games, so I did not come away with the point total that you would expect an 11-5 and record to come with, so... Thank you, Dallas. Thank you, Baltimore. Thank you, uh, Jacksonville. Those were the three teams I was betting on at 16, 14, and 13 points that let me down tremendously. Um, it was the the Bengals uh, beating the Rams because I picked the Rams, but that was my three-point game. And the, the Browns beating the Titans was my one-point game. So 16 and 14 is 30 plus 13 is 43 points on those three games to go along with the other four. So 47 points I lost out on in my five losses. That's uh that's that hurts. That hurts. So I'm not coming away with near the point total that you would expect when you're 11 and 5, but uh yeah. We'll see what that does to the standings when we do the preview episode for week 4 on Thursday. Uh but for now, you know, I'm I'm charging back up the the rankings as soon as I get that point thing figured out. Uh, I'm coming for Fields of Dreams or, or, or whoever's still on top at this point. But uh, let's go ahead and get this show started. We'll uh, talk about the uh, we'll talk about the 16 matchups. We got our pick six, uh, one of which was my Bears getting blasted by the uh, Chiefs with Taylor Swift. In uh, did you guys hear that? Because they only mentioned it six or seven hundred times uh, during the goddamn game. Um, yeah. So that was one of the pick six games. I'm I'm deeply regretting that at this point. But let's go ahead and get started. This is the week three review episode of the fourth phase. So let's get to it. Welcome to the fourth phase. Presented by Bears Talk Underground and Sports Drink Media. And now, your host, Larry D. Week 3 of the 2023 season saw some historically good performances right along with historically bad. And and sadly, uh, some of those took place in the same game. Like uh, the Broncos um, losing by 50 to the... Dolphins, uh, which gives us Bear fans a glimmer of hope to face a defense that gave up 70 points when we struggle to find the off the, the, the goal line 
um, as badly as we do on offense. That was one of the other historically bad uh, performances. Justin Fields only 99 yards passing uh, in the entire football game. And uh, they had some garbage time help to give it to get it that high uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, Tua, uh, five touchdown passes. Or actually, Tua didn't throw five. The Dolphins threw five because they put Tua on the bench and then his backup comes in and throws like a 60-yard touchdown pass. That's how bad it was for the Broncos. They couldn't stop anybody from scoring uh, on Sunday. And uh, we saw some. Uh, we saw the, uh, the the Bills sack the Commanders nine times uh, on Sunday, and and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, let's go ahead and get things kicked off with the uh, all out blitz, so we can get to our uh, pick six. We start in Green Bay, where the Saints were cruising, taking a seventeen to nothing lead into the fourth quarter. But Jordan Love and company refused to lie down in their home debut. Scored 18 unanswered points to get their second win of the season, 18-17 over the Saints. Denver at Miami that we were just talking about. In a preview episode, I said the Dolphins had to be drooling over the prospect of playing the Broncos. And boy, did they show up. The Dolphins scored five passing TDs, five rushing TDs, 31st downs. 726 total yards and a 70 to 20 drubbing of the Broncos in Miami. Chargers at Minnesota. Herbert threw for 405 and three touchdowns. Cousins threw for 367 and three touchdowns of his own, but it was his one interception that decided the game as a twice deflected pass in the final seconds was picked off by the Chargers in the end zone to salvage LA's first win of the season. New England at the Jets. The Jets' defense did its part by holding the Patriots to only 15 points, giving themselves a chance. But Zach Wilson and the offense were rudderless once again. As for the second week in a row, they were held to only 10 points. Pats win their 15th straight over the Jets on Sunday. Houston at Jacksonville. Thanks a lot, Jacksonville. Jag fans had to know that they were snake bit on Sunday when a kick return... When a kick return of the Texan with one of the Texans' upmen, a fullback, picks up a live ball that's just rolling on the floor and runs it in on accident for an 85-yard touchdown, the Jags kept trying to fight back but couldn't overcome the Texans as they get their first win in the D'Amico Ryans era, 37-17 over the Jaguars. Indianapolis at Baltimore. The Ravens continue to struggle on offense and were held to 19 points at home against the Colts. Star of the game was Colts kicker Matt Gay, who hit five field goals, including four from over 50 yards out to give the Colts the 22-19 win in overtime. <laughs> Carolina at Seattle. Carolina was, what was, was without the injured Bryce Young, but showed up ready to play as they gave the Seahawks all they could handle on Sunday. But Geno Smith threw for 296 and a touchdown. Kenneth Walker added 97 yards and two touchdowns of his own as a second-half surge pushed the Hawks past the Panthers 37-27. to The Cowboys were being called by some, not by me, the best team in the NFL after their back-to-back drubbings of the New York teams to start the year. But for the third week in a row, the Cardinals came out scrappy and determined. Only this time they did it for all 60 minutes and managed to pull off the biggest upset of the weekend by beating the Cowboys 28-16. Pittsburgh at Vegas on Sunday night. The Raiders jumped out to an early 7-0 lead. 
only to have the Steelers score 23 unanswered points on the strength of Kenny Pickett's two touchdown passes. Despite Jimmy G's interceptions, the Raiders had a uh, made a late push, but it was not enough as the Steelers hold on to win 23-18. to <laughs> And in the second game on Monday night, the Bengals still struggle to find their offense against the Rams, only scoring 19 points on Monday, but their defense bailed them out this week. They sacked Matt Stafford six times, picked him off twice, and held the Rams to 1 of 11 on third down to get the 19-16 to win and get that zero out of the win column. <laughs> and there that is, guys, the all-out blitz for week number three. Let's go ahead and get this bad boy call uh, closed out. I can't even talk tonight. Let's get this bad boy closed out. It's the pick six. We start our, our our pick six where the week started for the NFL on Thursday. New York at San Francisco. The Giants at the 49ers. The Giants fell behind early uh, for the third straight week uh, when two 49er touchdowns gave them a 17-6 halftime lead. Uh, Brock Purdy continues to impress 25-37 for 310 yards. I believe that is his first 300-yard performance of the season to go along with touch, uh, two touchdowns. McCaffrey added almost 120 yards in total offense and another touchdown. Debo Samuel caught six passes, 129 yards and a touchdown. Kittle added 90 yards on seven catches. See where this is going because the, the Giants, on the other hand, were a mess. Now, granted, they were playing without uh, Saquon Barkley uh, on, on uh, Thursday. You know, number one, short rest. Number two, missing their best offensive uh, best offensive player. And the best they could muster without him was 29 yards on 11 carries as a group. That's Matt Breda, Daniel Jones, Gary Brightwell, and even backup quarterback Tyrod Taylor. 11 carries, 29 yards uh, in, in the for the entire football game. So the Giants were just merciless uh, on Thursday. Funny thing was, the Giants still had a shot like deep into the third quarter it was a 20 to 12 game uh going into the uh into the third into the fourth quarter i believe yeah 20 to 12 uh going into the fourth quarter so it was a one score game going into the fourth but in the fourth the uh the 49ers managed to score twice uh including uh purdy's touchdown pass to i believe samuel if i'm not mistaken let me pull that up real quick yeah debo samuel but that was still with six minutes to go in the game so you know, it was twenty-three to twelve, so not completely out of the woods at that point. Especially the, the Niners made it twenty-three to twelve with about thirteen minutes to go uh, in the game. But seven minutes later, they put in that touchdown that essentially was the dagger. Made it thirty to twelve. Uh, Debo uh, Samuel twenty-seven yards from Purdy uh, to make it uh, thirty to twelve, more than the uh, the Giants could overcome. But it's just. It was a ball game right up until the you know the fourth quarter there, and um, even with the way that the the 49ers were kind of dominating, their defense was doing fairly well uh, as well, keeping them into the ball game. Daniel Jones, though, he was efficient. <clears throat> excuse me, on Thursday, twenty-two of thirty-two, but it was one hundred and thirty-seven yards passing. He only had five of those twenty-nine yards on two carries. He was sacked twice and threw another uh, interception uh, in this one. So the the magic that he performed in the second half last week against the Cardinals did not translate uh, to their visit uh, to San Francisco. 
and um, you know the Giants fall to uh, to one and two. And the thing about it is, what we've learned about the Giants so far, and granted, it's still very early in the season, but the Cowboys and the 49ers are regarded as two of the best teams in the league, let alone the NFC. And um, they've gotten blasted by both, which means that you know they were a playoff team last year. Talking about the Giants, but uh, and and even if they are going to get back there this season, they're not on those guys' levels because they got blasted at home, forty to nothing, uh, by the Cowboys, and they got uh, you know pretty well smoked in San Francisco by the Forty ers Again, even though it took until the fourth quarter for the 49ers to uh, make it not an issue uh, anymore. So it's like the, the Giants may be able to turn this thing around. Uh, let me see if I can dig up what their uh, future schedule looks like. Uh, actually, yeah, the oof, that's not good. The Giants have the Seahawks at home next week. Then they're at the Dolphins, at the Bills. Oof. At the command or home for the commanders before they finally play the Jets. And right now, that looks like the next winnable game for them because the commanders at this point is probably a coin toss. But Seahawks, Dolphins, Bills, I'm not picking the Giants to win any of those games. So it could, uh, it could get real ugly here at one and two. You could easily be one and five going into that commanders game being desperate for a win. And then if you don't get it there, you got the Jets and the Raiders after that. I think I would still pick the Raiders over the Giants at this point, but that, again, is like like the Commanders game is probably more of a coin flip than like, oh, yeah, the Raiders would definitely smash them in this one. So, uh, yeah, whatever whatever luck Brian Dable was was putting together last year to get them on a 6-1 and one start last year, uh, for the Giants, he needs to go back and find that. And I know Saquon was a big part of it, so getting him back in the lineup would probably be a huge help. But whatever magic they had, whatever mojo they were bringing on to to have them go, you know, eleven and six or whatever last year to to make a playoff run, they need to go back and 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 rediscover it. Or maybe they need to change it up because it sounds like so far in the first few games, aside from two good quarters in the second half of that Cardinals game. The NFL seems to have the Giants' number right now, so they need to get that figured out if they want to salvage uh, the season. I know I'm talking about a one and two team here, and you know we got 14 games left to go, but you know the Giants have not have been dominated thoroughly in all but two quarters uh, of the season thus far. So in 12 quarters of play, they've been they basically got their asses kicked for 10 of those quarters. So it's. Uh, it's not a good look for the Giants, and they they need to uh, they need to get this thing turned around because, like I said, with the schedule that's laid out in front of them the next three weeks, even though the Seahawks are at home, uh, then you go at the Dolphins, at the Bills. That's no bueno uh, if you're a Giants fan. Uh, the Forty ers on the other hand, are uh, basically going according to the script uh, right now. Uh, next week they have the Cardinals, so we'll really get to see what the Cardinals are made of. Next week, because like I said in in the in the all out blitz, they've been uh, scrappy and they've been showing up to showing up to play. Uh, their new head coach Gannon has got these guys really out here, you know, like I said, showing up to play uh, each and every week. Which when you have a inferior roster, which most people, including myself, 
uh, believe that they have, at getting them to come out there and, and really show heart and play hard for 60 minutes is, is quite the uh, accomplishment. They, they, you know, fell short in the first two games uh, against the, um, the commanders and the Giants. They uh, and they did it for sixty minutes on Sunday against the Cowboys and came away with their first win. Now they have the uh, the gold standard, if you will, f- for their division and if you know, in my opinion, the the entire conference uh, with the Forty ers uh, you know, up front. Then uh, and then after that, the Cowboys uh, and the Forty ers will butt heads on Sunday Night Football. We'll see how that one uh, shakes out. So it's. Uh, an interesting handful of games that the uh, the 49ers have here to see if they can put down that uh, that rabid dog that is the Cardinals right now. They got the Cowboys after that. Those are all home games. The Giants, the Cardinals, the Cowboys, all home games. Then they go on the road at Cleveland, which Cleveland is playing lights out defense right now. We'll talk about them here uh, in a second. Then they got the Vikings, which would probably be an easy win for them. But, uh, and then the Bengals. So it's an interesting schedule that the 49ers have ahead of them, but they're cruising right now. 30 points in each of the first three games. 30-7 to over the Steelers, 30-23 over the Rams, and then 30-12 over the Giants uh, on Thursday. So they're averaging 30 points a game. Uh, they've only given up 42, so they're giving up 14. So an average margin of 30-14 to in the first three games uh, of the season. The 49ers are looking jacked right now. They are quite the formidable uh, squad at the moment. So... Uh, We'll see how that continues, but I picked the 49ers, and I got that one right. So I'm um, pick six and not being kind to me. I went five and one in the pick six this week. So suck on that. <laughs> Game number two: Tennessee at Cleveland. And after Tennessee finally discovered their offense against the Chargers last week, and the the Browns losing Nick Chubb. And then their offense giving up 14 points, which basically was the the deciding points in that game against the Steelers uh, on Monday night. I really didn't know who to pick in this one. You know, like I said, the Tennessee seemed to discover their offense last week against the Chargers, and we're hoping to keep the momentum going against the Browns, who would be out be without the Nick uh, the injured Nick Chubb. The defense played well last week against the Steelers for for Cleveland, despite the loss and continued that trend versus Tennessee. Uh, for the second time in three weeks, they only allowed three points. Uh, they, they only allowed three to the Bengals week one. They only allowed three uh, week three here against the uh, the Titans. The Titans only managed six first downs, 94 total yards uh, of offense. This was after the uh, the sack uh, totals and everything were taken out of the uh, – their their total yardage they got they sacked Tannehill five times for thirty six yards uh, in losses, which netted ninety four yards of total offense for the uh, for the Titans. And uh, not only did the Browns' offense struggle last week against the Steelers, they gave up two defensive touchdowns uh, as well. So take and and then add not having Nick Chubb uh, to the equation on that. And I didn't really know. If uh, I mean, I knew Watson was good enough to take the team on his back, and they still have Njoku. They still have Amari Cooper. Uh, the offensive line, even though it's missing a couple of pieces, is still playing well uh, and everything. But I didn't know if it would be enough against the Titans, who are good on defense 
and like I said, kind of seemed to uh, get that spark on uh, on offense uh, last week. But even without Nick Chubb, the offense did struggle in the running game. But Watson took the offense on his back, scoring going twenty seven of thirty three. So a highly efficient day for him, 289 and two touchdowns, no turnovers. Miles Garrett had three and a half of Cleveland's five sacks uh, of Tannehill, just absolutely ransacked the uh, the um, Titans uh, on Sunday. But basically, with, uh, with how they struggled uh, running the football, Pierre Strong, 27 yards on six carries, so a, a decent average, four yards a carry and change. But Jerome Ford, 18 yards on 10 carries. Watson only had 16 yards on four carries. Kareem Hunt, who had just been recently signed during the week, five carries for 13 yards. So all in all, adding everybody in there, 31 carries for 78 yards with a long of 10 on the day. And that came from Watson probably scrambling uh, on, on Sunday. So basically, it, it if you're a defense that's going to be facing the Browns in the near future, um, yeah, slow down the passing or shut down the passing game and force them to run the ball, at least between now and the time that, you know, maybe they get Kareem Hunt uh, up to speed or he gets in uh, football shape, if you will. Uh, but next week they have the uh, the Ravens. The week after that they have the 49ers, and then they're at the the Colts. Those are the next three uh, for, the, uh, for the Browns. I don't know. I, th- I think I like them against the Ravens uh, next week, especially with the Ravens just absolutely struggling uh, on offense right now. And their defense, the, the Browns, is, is like they're playing like at a historic level at this point. You know, in, in two of their three games, they've only allowed three points. They allowed less than 100 yards total offense uh, against the Titans uh, on Sunday. And they got the Ravens, who've had one good day against the Bengals in week two, but offensively have just been struggling. Like they had a hell of a time against the, the Texans uh, week one, uh, and then ye- uh, yesterday against the uh, against the Colts, only managed 19 points and ended up losing the game in uh, in overtime. So, yeah, with the way that the, the Browns have just been flying around and, and everything on defense, uh, I, I would probably end up picking the, the Browns to win uh, this week. But then, like, the real test will come the week after, and even though it's a home game, the uh, 49ers are coming into town, and uh, that could get ugly. Uh, probably be a, a good, a decent uh, defensive showing uh, for that one because both teams have outstanding defenses. So we'll uh, we'll see if the uh, the Browns can uh, take the NFL's best shot when the 49ers come to town in a couple weeks. But uh, for now, uh, you know, the, you can't bet against that defense right now. They're just playing uh, too well uh, at this point. So. Now the Titans go back to the uh, drawing board. You know, they're one and two. They, they uh, you know, both of those losses are on the road, by the way. Uh, they lost to the Saints, only managing you know, all field goals against the Saints weeks one. And then looking at their 27-point explosion last week against the Chargers, looks more like they just played against the crappy defense because the Chargers, uh, you know, still managed to give up another 24 to the uh Vikings uh, on Sunday, three hundred. Like, as you heard me say in the knee jerk, in the uh, the knee jerk reaction, the all out blitz. Uh, Cousins threw for three sixty seven and three touchdowns, 
and it was a like last second fourth quarter touch, uh, interception in the end zone is what ended up saving it uh, for the Chargers. So, you know, they uh, it's like they were able to manage, you know, some good points against the bad defense, and then they place another good defense in the Browns and can only put three points in 94 yards of total offense uh, together. Uh, they have the Bengals at home next week. Then they're at the Colts and home for the Ravens. Those are the next three games uh, for Tennessee. So, I don't know. The Bengals defense uh, showed up tonight against the uh, against the Rams. Uh, the Colts, uh, like I said, but like I said, the Ravens have been struggling. But the, you know they were able to bottle up the Ravens uh, on Sunday, and then the uh, the Falcons. Hmm, that could be interesting uh, for them uh, as well. So we'll have to wait and see. But uh, you know, after the the feel good victory in overtime against the Chargers last week, they're brought right back down to earth by the Browns. And that twenty-seven to three drubbing in in, in Cleveland, uh, we'll see how uh, Mike Vrabel gets his boys to respond next week when the Bengals uh, come to town. So, moving on. Speaking of Atlanta, Atlanta headed off to Detroit. Uh, the two and zero Falcons going up against the one and one Lions, who were looking to bounce back, uh, looking for a little redemption, especially the Lions' defense after giving up a boatload of yards and a boatload of points to the Seahawks in that overtime loss uh, last week. Well, they showed up big time uh, against the Falcons, holding that uh, explosive and exciting offense of the Falcons uh, to only six points and 183 yards of total offense, sacking Desmond Ritter seven times uh, in the process. Aiden Hutchinson had two of those sacks, and the rest were spread out amongst the the squad. I mean, they all got involved. Uh, rookie Jack Campbell got one. Charles Harris, Derek Barnes, Alan McNeil, and Benito Jones to round out the uh, seven sacks uh, on Sunday. The Jared Goff, on the other hand, went spotless. 22 of 33, 243, and a touchdown. No sacks. Uh, that touchdown pass was a 45-yarder to rookie tight end uh, Sam Laporta, who had eight catches for 84 yards uh, in the ball game. Amon Ross St. Brown, nine catches for 102 in that one. Jameer Gibbs, uh, who's getting a lot more work now that uh, David Montgomery is nursing that thigh uh, injury, 17 carries, 80 yards uh, in the ball game. So, you know, the, the Lions uh, were impressive. And uh, it was a, a bounce-back win for them, their first home win uh, of the season, and they were able to you know, like the question going in was, will the real Lions defense please stand up? Because are, are you the defense that held the world champs to to 20 points uh, in the kickoff game on Thursday? Or are you going to be like 2022 where your offense has to outscore your opponents because you can't stop them uh, on offense? And this was a resounding answer as to which team you're going to lean towards being uh, throughout the uh, – throughout the season. So it was a relatively impressive, relatively easy win as they were basically in control of the game from the outset. They were up uh, 13-3 to at halftime, and the Falcons could only manage another field goal in the fourth quarter uh, as the, the Lions win it 22-6. Upcoming for the Lions in the next few weeks, a short week, they play the Thursday night game against the Packers in Lambeau. 
then home for the Panthers, then back on the road at the Buccaneers. So I don't know. I don't know who the Buccaneers are because, uh, you know, they, they beat the Bears, which I think me and 10 of my closest friends could line up and beat the Bears right now. Um, and they beat the uh, Vikings, who are 0-3 uh, at this point. Then they faced the real team in the uh, Eagles. We'll talk about that game here in just a moment, but the Eagles took them to the woodshed uh, to kind of bring down like, hey, you're not exactly – like I was talking about the uh, the Giants and the 49ers. Um, you know, they've played the Cowboys and the 49ers and got murdered in both of those games. And now the uh, now the, the Buccaneers, after beating up on two teams with a combined 0-6 record, uh, faced the defending NFC champs and uh, basically never got off the bus in their own house. Uh, on Monday night, so another dose of reality for the Buccaneers. Like, yeah, you might be able to put some wins together, but you're not quite on this level yet, as the game was never in doubt. Uh, anyway, so but uh, you know they're at the Packers, home for the Panthers at Tampa Bay. They can get past the Packers. They could be looking at five and one going into that Ravens game week seven. So I mean, it's uh, definitely not out of the realm of possibility for the. Uh, for the Lions that they could get get as opposed to going one and six last year and like oh ten and one before getting their first win uh, in twenty twenty one they might be in a position to be six and one or so uh, at, at pretty much the halfway point uh, of the season so uh, could be uh, could be uh, an interesting situation uh, for them the Falcons on the other hand they got the Jags and. Well, they got three straight home games. They got the Jags, the Texans, and the Commanders. That's going to be an interesting stretch for them because the Jaguars, I'm still trying to figure them out. But, uh, you know, after, you know, after, you know, beating up on the Colts week one, they, they, uh, they gave the Chiefs all they could handle last week and still only lost by one score. Uh, and then they got absolutely blasted by the Texans uh, yesterday on Sunday. But like I said, it, it was just one of those where it's just not our day kind of thing. When the, as you heard me talk about in the uh, the All Out Blitz, that kick return, that was an accident. That was not supposed to happen like that. At least of all, with that guy carrying the ball. His name was, I believe, it was John Beck or something. Uh, Beck was his last name. He's a fullback. And he was an up man. So he was like the the row in front of the kick returners. He somehow ends up with the ball in his hands and just takes off running. And the next thing you know, he's in the end zone celebrating an 85-yard kick return. It's like, And this was in the fourth quarter. Like the, 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 <laughs> the Jags had just scored to make it like 27 to, to 17 or, or something like that uh, to get within. They were, in, they were down by – I think it was 24 to 17 actually. And, uh, yeah, then this, this kid just like, oh, I'll take this. And, and it was almost like that, um, that offensive line that returned that kickoff against the Patriots, uh, you know, a few years back. He just picks it up, puts both arms around the ball, and keeps running. The next thing you know, he knows he's in open space, and he takes off and almost runs the damn thing back for a touchdown. Like, this wasn't supposed to happen, but how exciting was that? This kid was actually able to make it into the end zone uh, for, the, uh, for the Texans. But, you know. So I'm still trying to figure out the Jaguars, um, then the Texans and the Commanders. 
I think those are going to be tough outs, especially with their defenses. But um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, like you know, this was a, a very interesting uh, matchup for the uh, for the Falcons. They came up short uh, against the Lions. Like I said, they did not perform. Only 183 yards of total offense uh, in that uh, ball game. Only six points uh, after uh, you know 25 against the Packers, 24 against the Panthers, so they're not the most, and I call them explosive, but that's because of the talent that they have with Robinson and Drake London and Kyle Pitts and uh, and everything, and then they also have, um, I forget his uh, the other running back's name. He's really, really good. And, uh, you know, but it's just this is a team that uh, is going to have to find itself in the next three weeks because those are not easy games by any stretch. And then the fourth game there is a division game against the Buccaneers, so. Who's going to lay claim to the AFC South, NFC South, excuse me. Um, but, uh, yeah, but the Lions seem to be back on track after uh, that win, kind of reestablishing who they want to be uh, in 2023 with their defense, uh, doing a lot of the heavy lifting uh, against the Falcons on Sunday. Speaking of defenses doing heavy lifting, Buffalo at Washington and you know, I didn't really know what to expect. All I knew was that if the Bills weren't careful, they could easily lose this game. And instead, they shut that down immediately. I mean, it was still a ball game at halftime as the Bills were only up 16 uh, to nothing. So not out of the woods by any stretch uh, of the imagination. But, uh, yeah, the defense just was unrelenting uh, in this one. That forced four picks. Uh, on Sam Howell, they sacked him uh, nine times. They forced another turnover. Antonio Gibson fumbled uh, the ball uh, in this one, and it was just uh, just utter domination by the uh, by the Bills. And, and and their their one score did not uh, come until the final minute uh, of the game when the Commanders had to kick a fifty-one yard field goal just to get on the board and avoid the shutout so you know the bills backed up their their 10 point performance last week against the raiders uh by taking the shutout against the commanders into the final minute of the football game so yeah they went 59 minutes and change without giving up points to the uh to the uh commanders on sunday uh terrell bernard had two of those nine sacks former bear leonard floyd had two uh as well uh greg rousseau former first round pick AJS Epinesa, who also had a pick six for a touchdown in that game, so a pretty busy day uh, for uh, for AJ Ed Oliver, um, a sack and a half. Daquan Jones, a sack and a half. Those are your nine uh, sacks uh, on Sunday. But it's just when you see something like that, you know that they sacked him nine times, but they probably hit him. They just they just they just got him, got their hands on him nine times. They probably hit him at least twice that, if not more, throughout the game, which is probably where the four interceptions came from uh, as well. You know, because if 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 you hold your hand up to the to the screen and you see nineteen of twenty nine for one hundred and seventy yards, so not great, but not bad. Nineteen of twenty nine—that's more than two thirds. Uh, you know, of of uh, completing your passes, but then you move your hand out of the way. Zero touchdowns, four interceptions, nine sacks for 45 yards. Like, oh, okay, so this wasn't uh, an efficient, like, non-sexy kind of day for Sam Howell. No, this is one that he immediately wants to forget. Like, this is one of those games 
where you don't even bother watching film on Sunday because it's like, yeah, I, I, I know that the, this what what's the what's the point in watching it because I didn't do anything right. So, I I know that that you want to learn and improve, but I, I know I didn't do anything worth salvaging on Sunday because not only did I manage to get sacked nine times, I threw four picks uh, on top of it, and uh, our offense was shut out until literally the last minute uh, of the game. So. You know, the Bills just wanted to keep the good times rolling with their 38-10 to win over the Raiders last week. And uh, as Kyle Brandt likes to say, week one was a liar as far as the Bills were concerned, you know, coming up short against the Jets uh, week one. Week, week one was a liar as far as the Jets were concerned uh, as well, not being able to uh, score more than 10 the last two weeks uh, for, for the Jets. But the Bills, 38 points last week, 37 this week against the uh, Commanders, firmly reestablishing themselves at least early on as uh, one of the teams to uh, worry about in the AFC. Like, yeah, our our place is secure. And uh, going forward, big matchup this week, probably the biggest one that people are looking at, especially after the two performances that these teams had. They got the Dolphins at home next Sunday. That is going to be a <clears throat> Excuse me. That's going to be a massive game uh, next week, and 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 huge in establishing who's running the AFC East uh, this year. Then they have the the Jags and the Giants. What is it about the NFL? This uh, everybody's on at home. This this is like the the fourth team that we've seen so far in this pick six that is at home for the next three games. Home for the Dolphins. Home for the Jags. Home for the Giants. So. Interesting ball games there. That uh, that Jaguar game is overseas because it says an eight thirty a.m. start. That means they're playing overseas, and uh, then they have the Giants on Sunday Night Football the week after. So, yeah. So Dolphins, Jags. So I guess the Jaguar game isn't a home game technically if they're playing it overseas. Otherwise, why would they play a home game in Buffalo at seven o'clock in the morning? Uh, they're going overseas. So. Yeah, and then the Giants. So I guess two out of the next three are at home, but I guess that overseas game is technically a home game for them. Then on the other hand, with the Commanders, since they have been firmly put in their place about who they are right now after wins over the Cardinals and Broncos, neither of which was really like a hang-your-hat-on kind of win, they are absolutely taken to the woodshed against the Bills. They have, they're on the road next week against the Eagles, who are eating teams whole at this point. And then they've got the Bears on Thursday night, so that ought to fix things uh, for them. That's a home game uh, for them. Then they are at the Falcons. So Eagles, Bears, Falcons, the next three days, or three games for the uh, Commanders. I, I would say they got to win at least two, and they can still be excited about what's going on. Uh, this year, it's it's possible they'll, they'll they're definitely better than the Bears or playing better, I should say, because on paper I think the Bears are better than most of the teams that they'll play this year as far as talent on paper. But because we have the inferior coaching that we've had and the uh, injury bug on top of it, we're in the spot that we're in. As I honestly believe, if if we had better coaching, we'd be in a better spot because. I'm never mind. I'm just never mind. We talk about the Bears here in just a minute, but um, yeah. And then they're at the Falcons, who I said are kind of at a crossroads 
uh, right now. So we'll see where they're at three weeks uh, from now. So Eagles, Bears, Falcons, Eagles and Falcons on the road, Bears at home, the next three for the Commanders as they try to make sense of, uh, you know, their their big 34-point loss to the Bills uh, on Sunday. I don't want to, but here we are. Chicago at Kansas City, second to last uh, game. Uh, by the way, I uh, in the pick six, I picked the 49ers. That was a good pick. I picked the Titans, but only had one point on the Titans, so I had no real confidence in them winning, but I thought they might be able to do enough to beat the Browns, especially without Nick Chubb. I was wrong about that one. Right about the Lions beating the Falcons. Right about the Bills beating up on the Commanders. And I was right about the Chiefs beating the Bears. And, of course, the big story in this game was that Taylor Swift was in attendance at Travis Kelsey's invitation. So she was an arrowhead to see the Bears finish one of the worst weeks in team history by being dismembered uh, by the world champs. The score was 34 to nothing at halftime, folks. Uh, and uh, God bless Andy Reid. Uh, as, uh, you know, this was one of the, the late afternoon games after the, uh, after the dolphins had put up 70 on the Broncos, the chiefs looked like they were well on their way to matching and or exceeding that. But, uh, like I said, they took a 34, nothing lead into the half and then scored a touchdown on their opening drive in the second half. And after that, Mahomes is on the sidelines holding a uh, clipboard and watching, the game, uh, waving back and forth to Taylor Swift in the uh, in the suite that she was in for the for Kelsey and such. It was just another mess uh, for the Bears. For uh, once again, could not get anything going uh, on offense. Um, Justin Fields taking over the game and saying "eff it" and playing his game that didn't uh, that didn't happen. Blame that on the offensive line who did not protect him. Uh, at all uh, on Sunday or or blame it on him for just not being able to will his way to, you know, taking over the football game. But he was 11 of 22 for 99 yards, um, was only sacked three times, but was under pressure running around like a chicken with his head cut off uh, and everything. It just, yeah, it was a mess. It was, a mess. And then to top things off, in the fourth quarter, we're down 41 to nothing. We're, we're moving the football because we're playing against all backups. We're moving the ball. We get the ball inside the red zone. Fields scrambles on third down. And as he's going to the ground, gets number one, takes a nice forearm shiver in the face from the uh, defender, uh, which did not get called. I mean, that's a blow to the head. Did not get called. Uh, and then, you know, the weight of all three of them driving down on top of him. He gets up and he's got his bell rung. The Bears probably would have go- tried to go for it at that point because why not? Um, down 41 nothing. you're inside the red zone, might as well take advantage uh, kind of thing. But DJ Moore grabbed uh, Fields by the collar and, and shoved him off. He's like, get him out of here. He's, you know, so we settle for the field goal on that one. And then when we get the Bears uh, the ball back after Blaine Gabbert throws his second interception of the game, as he was the only reason the Bears scored any points, we scored our 10 points off of Blaine Gabbert's interceptions. Um, Fields comes back out. I was like, oh, so that that's there's your answer right there. 
we don't care about Justin Fields because number one, why is he still in the game when it's forty-one to nothing in the fourth quarter? Why? Okay. Number two, why sending why send him back out there? We're still down by thirty-eight. There's seven. There's only seven minutes to go in this game, and he appeared to have been concussed on the last drive. He shouldn't even be wearing shoulder pads, let alone his helmet and on the field. Like, I don't care what Justin Fields says. I'm your coach. I outrank you. You do as I say. And I say, take off your pads. You're done. Throw in Peterman or Bajant, who everyone thinks is going to be the savior of Chicago when we finally put him in there. Uh, You know, let him play. We'll run out the string. We'll try again next week against Denver. And, you know, for just to kind of give you a, a state of what the week night might, might could be like next week. The Broncos just gave up 730 total yards of offense and 70 points. So we might be able to get an offensive rhythm going against them next week. Just maybe. So sit down, have some Gatorade. We'll take it from here. This one's over. We'll try again next week. But no, they send him back out there, and he pads his lame 99 yards because I think he only had like 50 before that drive. Throws a touchdown pass, a meaningless one, to DJ Moore, his first as a Bear. And, you know, that was the ball game there. So I I don't know why we put him out there. Uh, In other news, I hate my life. So as a Bears fan... I love this team. They have not loved me back in almost my entire life at this point. It's been a long road uh, supporting this squad. Chiefs winning a laugher. Mahomes, 24 of 33, 272 and three touchdowns, including one to Travis Kelsey, which, of course, sent that suite with Taylor Swift in it into a frenzy, jumping up and down, let's freaking go, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay. So... (laughs) Yeah, it was it was not fun. I, I was uh, I, I like Taylor Swift. I'm not like a Swifty or anything by any stretch. I like her music though, but uh, I was tired of looking at her face and was tired of hearing about her name during my Bears game. So yeah, I was saying terrible things on social media. Finally, to wrap things up in the pick six and close out the show, Philadelphia at Tampa Bay. We talked about it just a moment ago. Uh, the Bucks and, and Eagles traded field goals in the first half, but that's as close as the Bucks would get. In this battle of undefeateds on Monday, the Eagles scored 22 unanswered. That included another Jalen Hurts quarterback sneak TD that is like all the controversy right now because they all get in like this rugby-type scrum. Hurts gets the snap, and then they just push forward, and no one's been able to stop it yet, whether it's fourth and one or third and one or right at the goal line. Everyone's saying, should this play be legal? Should it be legal for them to push? It was like, you see it happen a million times a week in every NFL game where, you know, you get this pile here, offensive linemen get behind it and start pushing. It's like that's – if that's legal, so is this play. I don't know what the discussion is all about. It's like stop being pussies and just stop it. Just stop it. Figure out a way to stop it. So that's the NFL. Somebody figures out a way to gain an advantage, and it's up to the rest of the league to figure out how to stop it or slow it down. They haven't figured out how to do it, so the Eagles are going to keep running it, plain and simple. So stop your bitching and figure out how to slow it down or stop it, and there you go, problem solved. But uh, 
you know, they got another one of those uh, Jalen Hurd touchdowns. They got a couple of Jake Elliott field goals and a safety to contribute to the uh, total. Uh, the Eagles held an 18-minute time of possession advantage uh, in this one, holding on to the ball for the final nine minutes and 22 seconds to close out the win uh, over Tampa because the Bucks finally scored their their one and only touchdown with nine minutes to go uh, in the game. They kick it off to the Eagles, who held on to it for the rest of the game. This uh, Let me see if I can find out how long that drive was. Yeah, 15 plays, 68 yards for the final 9-22 to, uh, to close out the game after uh, a touchdown from the uh, uh, Bucks made it 25-11. to 11. I mean, how demoralizing does that have to be? You're, you're within two scores. You can definitely score two touchdowns in nine minutes and 22 seconds. But your defense has to get you the ball back, and they failed to do that. So it's it's not like the Eagles held on to the ball for five minutes and gave it back. They held on for the final nine minutes and 22 seconds. Then They never gave the ball back to Tampa, so they never had a chance to see if they could go for a run uh, and everything. That's, that's just how demoralizing uh, does that have to be? You know, I mean... To, 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 to just dominate the game for the final nine minutes like that on offense and just dink and dunk your way 68 yards in the final nine minutes. Uh, you know, the Eagles' defense was also uh, too much as they held the Bucks to 174 yards of total offense, including only 41 yards rushing uh, for the uh, for the Bucks uh, on Monday. Yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, like I said, it was it was kind of one of those the Bucks have now been put back in their in their place after being a a surprise uh 2 and 0 team. Uh Baker Mayfield was only able to muster uh 15 of 25 for 146. He had a touchdown and interception in this one. Rashad White was their leading rusher with 38 uh yards. Uh Mike Evans five catches, 60 yards and and the one touchdown. Um, you know, it was just uh, a bad day at the office uh, for the uh, for the Buccaneers. Mayfield got sacked uh, twice uh, in this one. DeAndre Swift, that's looking like a pretty good trade for them uh, from the Lions. 130 yards on 16 carries, only eight yards of carry in that ball game uh, for him. Uh, Jalen Hurts said the the rushing touchdown was 23 of 37 for 277 and a touchdown as well. So AJ Brown, nine catches, 131 yards. So the Eagles are rolling. Everyone thought that they had a really great chance of uh, running the table and going back to the Super Bowl, possibly even winning it this year. They are on their way. They are three and O and the Eagles have, uh, I think we already know who they're playing. Yeah. They got the commanders. We talked about them. They're home for the commanders at the Rams at the jets. So, uh, yeah, so very good chance they'll be 6-0 and at the end of this unless the uh, – well, the Commanders were the ones that broke the streak last year. They were the ones that uh, beat the 8-0 and Eagles uh, on Monday Night Football last year to, uh, you know, to, to give them their first L of the season last year. So maybe, just maybe, the Commanders might be able to pull it off because there's that funny thing in the NFL where no matter how good, how bad, or indifferent uh, a football team is, sometimes they just have this person's number or this team's number. 
Like, for whatever reason, the Bears can never figure out how to beat the Dolphins, no matter how good or bad either team was. Hell, they were the one loss we had in 85 when we were the best team of all time. And But over the years since then, there's always been these inexplicable losses, you know, to the Dolphins where, like, we are the better team here, but somehow we keep losing. Like in 2006, when we went to the Super Bowl again, Dolphins came into Soldier Field 0-6 and, and ransacked the Bears. Like, it just didn't matter. They were the 6-0 and team and smacked us around. Uh, it was embarrassing. <laughs> but like I said, it's just one of those things. And the Bears have a remarkable record against the Steelers. I think in, in, uh, in they, they hold like in the last, I don't know, 30 years. or It's, it's actually a pretty long-established uh, rivalry as far as how many times they play. The Bears have like a, an 11-2 advantage over the Steelers in the last like 13, 14 matchups, whatever it is. So, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. But... Um, so we'll have to see next week, but it's like the Rams shouldn't be worried, even though that's a road game for them. The Jets, definitely nothing to worry about there. But then week seven, home for the Dolphins. Very well could be a Super Bowl preview that we're getting in that ball game If both teams continue to play the way that they have these first three weeks, the Eagles have been dominant uh, on both sides uh, of, the, uh, of the ball. The Dolphins have been... They're they're trying to you know like be an all time offense this week. Mike McDaniel's got those guys humming on offense right now. That's the game to look for. Uh, week seven, Sunday night football, Dolphins, Eagles. Week number seven, that should be quite the affair. So, anyway, guys, that is going to do it. I was uh, right in picking the Eagles over the Buccaneers. Like I said, making me eleven and five. Uh, for the week we'll see where that puts everybody in the standings where am i climbing the board am i staying where i'm at we'll see where that does because like i said i i got 11 and 5 so i was way better than i was last week but my points my points took a hit because the ravens the jags and the cowboys were my big bets and they all let me down uh 16 14 and 13 that hurts that hurts bad 43 points on three games that's rough so We'll see where I am in the points total in the point standing uh, when we come back on Thursday to preview week number four. We'll be talking uh, Lions and Packers. That's definitely going in the pick six for sure, uh, among others. And uh, we'll find out what those other pick six games are. We'll have all our blitz and everything else. So come on back for that. And until then, my name is Larry D. This has been the fourth phase, and we'll see you next time.